For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. I'm Joe DeLeo, joined by Ryan Roberts and Alex Gilstrap for our center. So not center, defensive tackle class episode. Don't know why I said center. We're way too loose on a Friday. We got Ryan eating saltines, yelling into the microphone, turning his lights on and off. Alex is calm as usual because we haven't talked to him in so long. Um, but we're back. We're here talking defensive tackles. How's everybody doing today? Fantastic, Joe. I would like you to stop, you know, just controlling everything, though. Just what? Let, us, let us be us. Let us be us, man. Bicker, you- y'all bicker more than anybody I've ever talked to. <laughs> you haven't listened to the FCS show, <laughs> apparently. But, Ryan, you were turning the lights on and off, and then you like were – Like this? I'm going to kick you. I'm going to kick you. Alex, how are you doing? That's the, the person we're most concerned with. We hear from Ryan too much. <laughs> man, I'm good. I can't complain. I'm – uh. Ready to get into this class. This class is good. This is actually yeah. something fun to talk about. Yeah, there's uh, one of your boys, one of your Georgia boys. Is this at the is top, I would assume, for everyone's group. Th- this is, this is. I mean, Alex, I'm trying to think back just in my mind because I don't have it in front of me, but this is the best defensive tackle group in really X amount of years. I mean, it was bad last year. It was bad the year before. It's at least the best in three years, at least. I mean. Who was 19? Was that Quentin Williams? Was that that, that was year? Quentin Williams, yeah. Well, I can't. I can't remember the rest of that class though. Was it good besides Quinnen? I can't remember who else was in that class. I might look that up real quick. Sorry, Joe. We're going off on a tangent already, man. You're good. Wait, wait, wait. Was Quinnen Derek Brown? Was that also them in the same? No, that was 2020. No, that was that was the year after. That was the year after Quinnen. Because that was Javon Kinlaw as well. Oh, was that Quinnen's year? No, no, that was Kinlaw was was Derek Brown. Yeah, Yeah, I don't. I, I hate to be the you know like the. The party pooper, but like I, I'm, I think my, that might be a little generous. I mean, there's some good players. The top, Ed Oliver, two, oh. the the top two players sure, are yes. really freaking good in this. Cl- oh, that was also the Dexter Lawrence, Jeffrey Simmons. Dude, that was yeah. that was Jeff Simmons. Dude. That, that that 2019 yeah. group was silly. That 2019 group was silly, man. So Ryan, off of all of that, I don't, I don't think we can compare this class to that one. I would, I will agree though. The top two players in this class significantly boost it and i think we kind of teeter out a little bit i'm curious to hear who you guys have at four and five i watched some additional guys yesterday to to have some more uh names to 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 be aware of and admittedly didn't really have much shuffling from the guys that we did our comparison shows for you could probably brian you could probably guess exactly who i have in my uh, in my order of my top five i don't do it Oh, okay. You know, screw it. Do actually do it, and I won't tell you if you're right or wrong. Just for the fun. Okay. Number one, you'll have Jalen Carter. Two, okay. you'll have Brian Brissy. Three, you'll have Siaki Aika. 
Yeah. Uh, four, you'll have Keanu Benton, and then five, you'll have Kalaja Kansi. That's my okay. guess. Okay. Well, we'll find out if that is correct. Yes. Before we get to that, though, folks, I want to tell you what do I what do I get if I if I was right? Uh, you get to speak on the next episode. Good. Good. <laughs> Nobody's tuning into a, just a Jody Leone solo draft show. It's hard. <laughs> I'll just what I'll do is I'll bring you in, but like I was doing when you were eating the crackers, I'll just keep repeatedly muting you the whole episode. So we'll hear let's little bits and pieces, but so not, just be like, uh, 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 yeah, it'll be really compelling audio. It'll be really high quality Great. production. Can't wait um, for that. Can't wait for that. Before we start with our top fives, uh, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, which as always is Bet Online. I was telling these guys about my bets today. And I, I am way too deep in on baseball betting because baseball to me is a little slow and I got to make it a little bit more entertaining until football comes back. And if you're like me, you want to have some fun during the summer and you miss football, head on over to Bet Online, find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including NBA, Summer League, Major League Baseball, and the latest fighting news and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to their website or use your mobile device. To sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get the bonus and get in on the action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Alex, let's start with you, with your number five. And we will try to do this the same way as we've done it before. I want to just reiterate, we're going to alternate. Um, don't reveal who you if you if we bring up a guy don't reveal where they right. are in your ordering but if say hypothetically somebody names somebody at five and they're there four and if you want to jump to them after everybody's gone then we'll do that um alex who you got a five Yep. So a common theme when it comes to summer scouting and the guys i gravitate towards is those that seem to get better the more games i watch because obviously you try to watch games in chronological order and if they seem to get, you know, get in the rhythm of things, the further he goes into the season, I tend to lean towards those guys and and bank on him continuing to find that, um, you know, level of success and getting better and better each game. So number five for me fits that mold in my opinion, and that's Auburn's Colby Wooden. Uh, Colby Wooden, uh, six foot three, two hundred eighty pounds. I really, really liked his explosiveness. I thought he got off the ball really, really well, and there were times where when the when the pause got on him, he struggled. But getting the pause on him, that initial punch was hard for a lot of interior linemen. And I think that's really, really because of uh, his athleticism. You know, in those first two steps of his pass rush. So uh, someone that early on in the season I was getting bored watching because he was getting stood up, getting stood up, getting stood up. But you saw him continue to get better, and I think he ended with like forty pressures on the season, seven wow. sacks from the interior. I mean. In SEC ball, that's a good season, and especially it's if you really watch those. Season. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're watching the first couple games um, of the season or first couple games that I watched. You know, just he just, he was he was just non-existent, and so that really I, I'm be interested to look into his uh, game logs. I have I didn't do that. I should have done that in preparation, but I I would go to believe that probably three quarters of his uh, total pressures were in the back half of the season, just from the way it seemed watching him on tape, the second half of the season just looked like a different animal. Let me ask you, Alex, because he's a little bit of an, an interesting body type. I have not yeah. watched Kobe Wooden, but to your yeah, point, six, yeah, six, three, two eighty. to my knowledge, he plays a lot on the edge for Auburn. Yeah. If I remember like correctly. A five, yeah. 
Plus five. So next level, three four defensive end, four three three tech. Like, what do you see at from him? Yeah. See, I I, I think where he plays at Auburn is kind of like a five tech fits best. So I think a three four end probably suits him best, and that's where you get kind of. Uh, when we're talking interior defensive lineman and edge and how it can kind of get mixed up because you have these guys yep. that, you know, what they play in college might not be what they, you know, look like best. But I think, I think uh, a five tech is where he's, he's most comfortable ex- when I'm watching his film, he moved inside some, but just didn't, didn't seem to have quite the, uh, the power profile to hold up in, in the inside. So I think a five tech three, four defensive end is what makes most sense for him. It's interesting. I need to get eyes on him. Uh, Joe, I'll tell you this. I have an SEC player at number five, as Alex has an SEC player. What, what conference is your guy from at number five? Just curious. Uh, ACC. Oh, okay. Uh, so we should, I guess we should continue the SEC trend then. I'll, okay. I'll jump into my number five. I got Gervion Dexter, defensive tackle out of the University of Florida, six foot six, 313 pounds, entering his true junior season. He was a High four by everyone, bordering on five-star, I think, by a couple different recruiting platforms coming out of high school. He reminds me a lot of Michael Brockers when Michael Brockers came out of LSU. He's long. He's got some explosiveness and movement skills. He just doesn't know what he's doing right now, right? Like, he's he's a guy where <laughs> I love he's a guy where I, I, I do too sometimes, man, because in summer scouting, you gravitate towards the yeah. traits, right? And the kid has traits. I just have not seen him put it together yet. There's some raw – athleticism there's length like I said I think he's a scheme diverse player because Brockers has been able to play in a three-man front he's been able to play in a four-man front and he's just been a very good solid NFL defensive lineman not a star but that's what I kind of see with Gerby on Dexter I think he could present some issues with his length and his first step I think everything is sufficient in that regard needs to get stronger and I need him to put it all together right now technically he is not there his he he narrow he has a narrow base at times. He gets skinny in gaps when he should be able to just keep his uh, maintain good good body positioning to the line of scrimmage and stay square. There's a lot of things that need to get fish, fixed with Gurion Dexter, but I think eventually he's going to be a scheme diverse defensive lineman that has some athletic traits to work with, a la Michael Brockers. And buying into that that length, I, and it's part of the conversation that we had with Jaquel and Roy, and, and I was. Like I, I feel like Dexter for me is a little bit more of what like I'm more willing to buy into that type of length because I at least got a little bit you get a little bit more from Dexter. Didn't watch a ton on him, but I still have a little bit of per- perspective on him. The one thing I will say though, the lack of coaching from the Florida coaching staff and so many like quality recruits that just feel so underdeveloped is is frightening. But it's yeah. positive that now they have a new direction, a completely new coaching staff who I think a guy like him, a guy like Dexter, could take that step in the right direction in his final year, likely, with Florida. So hopefully he is one of the guys that improves, kind of like Osiris Torrance, who we're talking about improving. Uh, but yeah. you know, Dexter being in a better situation now that they got rid of, of Dan Mullen is probably a, a positive sign for him. They, they have a lot of those guys. I mean, Alex, we've talked about like Brenton Cox in the past, right? Like Brenton's yeah. a talented player. He was at Georgia to begin with. Uh, they have Trey Dean at safety, who I think is really talented, but he's just never been that guy, right? Like it, it, to Joe's yeah. point, I think there has been a lot of guys that have been a little bit underdeveloped in that st- in that uh, program. Is Brenton Cox, is he a defensive end or a defensive tackle? He's, he's an edge. He's probably, he's an edge. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's probably an, an outside that's, linebacker, that's, if anything. That's what I yeah. thought. I'm just double checking. I didn't miss him. Miss him for this this tackle class because I know he's a name nope. that keeps getting keeps getting brought up. 
Yeah, um, we missed them. We missed them last week. So. Alex, do you have any thoughts on uh, on on Dexter? Yeah, no, Dexter is uh, one of my last watches, and I w- was impressed. I think the high level play from him, like his his peaks were were super high, and I think that's a testament to his length. The guy looks like he's built in a lab for an interior sure guy. I mean, being that long and that tall uh, is really fun to watch and makes him stick out. So I like Dexter. I think he's I think he's a lot of fun. Joe, are you a big fan of the uh, defensive lineman that wears single digits? Because he wears number nine and it looks fantastic. Big, big time fan. I am much more of a fan of the single digit defensive lineman than Jalen Carter wearing 88. I still think that that is so <laughs> freaking weird. I, 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 I don't know what it is. Um, number one, I'm not a fan of for defensive linemen, though. I think that's a little goofy. Eh, depends what you are. Like you can't be a ma- you can't be a man in the middle because then it makes you to look too slim. But like number eight, number seven, like those things kind of like Lewis Nix when he wore number one, I thought was, was really awesome. silly. It was I awesome, thought man. that was silly. I I I liked it, but like that a receiver or a corner should be who wearing made, that or who a made single digits on the D line popular was it? It's, it's a good Clowney? question. I'm not I'm not sure. Clowney, Clowney were seven. Um, yeah, uh, Lewis Nix was before. Clowning yeah, Lewis, Lewis Nix were number one for Notre Dame. Yeah, he was, a three, he was one three hundred forty. He was a three hundred forty pound nose tackle that his nickname was Irish Chocolate. It was fantastic. And he uh, wore number one. I remember Lewis Nix, and he R.I.P. By the way, R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. But I, I in high school like stood on uh, on like a uh, a hill that I was determined he was going to be a top fifteen pick, and his draft yeah. stock just gradually started to plummet and plummet. And so many of these kids. I, kids I went to high school with were such assholes. So like they would just rip me for for like loving this guy because he he had a great personality and he was like fun to pay attention to. But that's the quick background on those. But but he's he's a nose tackle, so he's gonna be like Siaki yeah. Ika and then fall in the class because he's just a big fat guy. Sorry. I anyway, I think Siaki Ika is more than just a big fat guy, and you take that back, and we're gonna get to him soon. Um, great. Number five for me is you guessed it right, Ryan. Elijah Cansey, I, I I wanted to include him somewhere in this top five, and I'm I feel I have a feeling that Ryan included him somewhere in in your top five. We had this long discussion on on Cansey. He's tiny. He's maybe six foot. He might be five eleven and three quarters. He was listed at two seventy five. Looks like he was playing at two sixty. A a tiny defensive tackle, an outlier to the most extreme point possible. For a defensive tackle. But despite being an outlier, outlier, he is shifty, he is quick, and he's got very nice upside as a pass rusher. What makes him a, a tricky evaluation projection, and, and maybe this isn't the best approach because I don't know if he's going to be a, a full down, a full three-down player, but what he does as a pass rusher, how quickly he can move and and contort and work around guards that are just too slow to keep up with him I think is provides tremendous value as a prospect but he needs to add weight and he needs to provide more impact as a run defender because right now he's just too small to really do that on all three downs I had Kalaja Kansi as my number four so that's what I had I had a feeling you did He's, he's a good football player, man. His film is – and, Alex, we talked about this on the show yesterday. I think he has second-round film, but then his size is just such a question mark, man. Like, it's it's something where 
I wouldn't be comfortable drafting him until somewhere on day three, but I think he can be a mismatch in sub package situations and obvious passing situations. Like I think he can do all that good stuff. It's just how high of a ceiling is a guy that maybe can only hold 280 pounds, right? Like that's where, cause not everyone's Aaron Donald, obviously. Right. Like we know, we know that. And that's going to be the, the comparison that people are going to make, but Collage Cancy is even smaller than Aaron Donald. So I see a guy that can definitely play at the NFL level and he has good film. I'm just worried about what is the ceiling to him? Is he anything more than just a sub package rusher? Yeah, that was my biggest hesitation with him. Um, I, I don't think he's a three down player. I simply don't. I don't think he's someone that you can rely upon on rushing downs, especially on the interior. I mean, maybe if you want to go with some sub package where he plays on the end, maybe on a, on a, on a true rushing down. Um, but as far as his, his prospects on the inside, I see him as truly someone that you want on pass rush downs, two down player, like you said. Um, now in a pass rush situation, I think he's a difference maker. I mean, this guy's sure. versatile. You can run stunts, you can run, you can do whatever you want. And this guy's going to, to rush the passer. And he, he proved that last year, especially. So um, I think he's a difference maker on two of three downs. Third down is just where the question mark lies and, and his projection to the NFL level is iffy because of that. So I liked watching Cansey. I do have the same worries you do, but I think he I think he's truly a difference maker in pass rush situations. And the thing that's so funky for him, though, is you see his size profile. You watch him as a pass rusher and it's exciting. And your immediate thought is oh, this guy's going to get bullied by stronger guys and he's going to get bullied on, on rundowns. But he doesn't really get like thrown around that much. Like He doesn't, he doesn't, for a small guy, you would expect every so often to just get cleaned by somebody that's a lot bigger and stronger than him. He's got decent play strength, but not enough to be reliable as a run defender. I still think if you get him up to like 285, which is probably his max, you could maybe make the argument uh, and he would have a little bit more strength and he would be harder to move off the ball on rundowns. You don't need him to make tackles. You just need him to not get blown off the ball, which is such a crappy projection for a prospect. But he's just bizarre. He's really weird to to project his how he how he impacts the game. The two games that stood out to me for Cansey when watching, I watched the Tennessee game, and I think everyone had to watch that game because that that game was fun. I mean, he looked he he couldn't get blocked in that game. Uh, and then the North Carolina game is the one that stood out to me as far as his versatility because they used him on stunts, and he had so much success with stunts against North Carolina. He was wreaking havoc in that uh, Sam Howell backfield. The the offensive line in North Carolina we talked about in the past has been troublesome for Sam Howells and, yeah. and his progression in college. But uh, yeah, Canty made them look silly on a, on a couple stunts there. So he has some really, really nice flashes and I just wish he could hold more weight. But like y'all said, I don't think he has too much room to grow without it being sloppy weight. Yeah. Now nah, it's, it's, it's a question of how much weight can you put on the, on the, on the frame? Like that's my biggest thing is I, uh -huh. because I mean, Joe, for me, like the biggest thing is, He's a really good athlete on the interior, right? And he's flexible. I don't yes. want to put too much weight on there and then sacrifice he's that blubbery and he right? can't move yeah, and he's stiff. Exactly. Yeah, it's a really good point. By the way, Ryan's top five is uh Gervian Dexter, uh Kalijah Kansi, Keanu Benton, Brian Brzee, Jalen Carter. That's my why, guess. Why are, you, why are you doing that right now? I'm just I'm guessing because I figured it as soon as oh. you said Kansi, I knew it. Uh okay. 
Alex, who is your number four? Maybe, maybe I watched somebody that just blew me out of the water, Joe. Did you ever think about that? So, I uh, highly unlikely. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm st- I'm in your head. I'm in your so head. So my number four, out? my number four, we've already talked about. Oh. Uh, that being Gervion Dexter. Oh. Nice. I'm banking on upside here. I might get. He's someone that he's either going to be a day three project player or he's going to really turn up in 2022 and be a be a solid day two uh prospect because six foot six i mean three 310 315 pounds just with his link just doesn't come around every day and like i said the highs for dexter was some of the best interior tape i've seen it's just you also get hit with the lows and if he can put it all together this is someone that i'm banking on could be a really really impact player at the next level don't disagree. Don't disagree. I mean, like, again, I, I compare him to Michael Brocker, so I think Michael Brockers went top 15 in the draft, right? Like, I mean, I think you can also argue that he hasn't been worth a top 15 pick, but he's been a good player. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm there with you, Alex. I'm there on Dexter. And I, the last thing, just to reiterate my additional point, you now have Billy Napier, who is a really good coach, and he's developed linemen. And, and obviously, I, I think God, Robert Sale was the – I forget who nope. the who the who the offensive line coach was that uh, coached up with Sirens Torrance. I don't know why I just had like a little like off tangent brain thought there. Uh, but I Napier though, like even if if he helps him get a little bit better, I think that that length, that upside, could be enough to help him to what you guys are projecting being uh, a day two pick. I, I think is certainly certainly on the radar. Uh, my number yep. four, I know, is exactly Ryan's number. Th- Three, yes, Ryan's number three, Keanu Benton from Wisconsin. Uh, the discussion, the long form discussion we had with Keanu Benton, I am 100% buying in on the strength, I am buying in on the power. I think he rivals Brian Z in terms of that raw power that he brings to the, uh, the defensive tackle position. He is not getting moved off the ball, he is popping guys' chest back. Uh, I talked about how. That wrestling background shows in his efforts to disengage blockers. He is very violent with his hands, which is something you, you almost don't see as often in modern football because these guys are just so used to doing those those goofy padless one-on-one drills uh, coming into in the college. But I, I think there's a lot of value for Benton. The one thing that I, I'm willing to put him at four, and I think I'm going to be moving him up eventually by the end of the season – I just need to see more effort from him on every single down. I, I felt like there were noticeable plays. And again, this is the discussion, the, the debate that Ryan and I back and forth. There were some plays where it felt like he was giving three quarters effort. And there were certainly instances where if he didn't win in the first like second and a half of a rep, he lost juice. He got tired and he kind of just was out of the play. And that to me is concerning. I'm sure that he's going to work on it because he's a he's got time to to develop. But those are my concerns with Benton, and I know Ryan, you're going to speak much higher of him than I did. He's a top fifty player, man. Number three on the board for me, Joe. Yes, number three on the board. He is a really really good football player. He right now is a better player than Brian Brissy. Brian Brissy just has more upside. He's a better player, though, right now than Brian Brissy. But I think we're closer to what his ceiling is than what we are with Brian and Brissy. Brissy still has a lot more development that's going to happen. Man, Benton, six, right around 6'4", 314 pounds, 34-plus-inch arms, former wrestling background, great hands, great feet, 
explosive. I think Wisconsin uses him out of position. I don't think he should be playing nose. I think he should be a three-tech because I think he has those movement skills and he has just some of the most raw power, man. Like, he just moves people, and he is unblockable at points. So, Joe's a hater. Well, he's my number Keanu four Benton. guy. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, but you, you, I mean, you're speaking so negatively of him, man. He's just such a good player, such a good player, Joseph. You just uh, don't get it, man. You just don't get it. Well, this is interesting because I forgot to watch Mr. Benton. Oh, so, oh man, that's my, number, my number three is different. Uh oh, who do you oh. got? Who do you got? Wait, wait, wait. Let me think. All right, go ahead. I want to hear this. We're going out west. So USC guy. Wait, wait, I'm blanking on the there's a USC defensive tackle and I'm blanking on his name. It's, it's not, not USC. Wisconsin? Nope. No, it is. Not West, sorry, Washington. Meant to say Washington. <laughs> Relax. Oregon. <laughs> Oregon. Oh, Dorless. Dorless. Brandon Dorless. Yeah. Huh. Man. Made me stand up a couple times. Fun player. Oh. This guy is wicked explosive at the point of attack. This guy can make make tackles look silly trying to put his hands on him he's super super quick he has a motor like nobody's business i just love the way he plays the game and then looking at some advanced statistics pass rush win rate obviously coming from oregon Kayvon thibodeau that's the name right career pass rush win rate for Kayvon thibodeau 19 percent. it's really really good but just behind him is mr Dorless at 16 percent mm. oh man Not- not bad prospects. Now I am interested. Al- to Alex see. is going PFF on us, Joe. He's going. PFF <laughs> on us. I did. I did. I'm going to start muting Alex. But, well, no, because I felt like every time Dorlos is in the backfield, so was Mister Kayvon Thibodeau. So I was really interested to see, you know, how how they fared um, next to each other. And it's something I actually just came across when scrolling through the timeline. Um, so. I'm interested to see what 2022 looks like without Kayvon Thibodeau as a crutch because obviously the focus is on Thibodeau. It's on number five, but I want to see what number three Brandon Dorless has, has again, a single digit number uh, as a defensive lineman. It's fun to watch. And I'm excited to see what he looks like without Kayvon Thibodeau on the other side of him. See if he gets more focus uh, from, you know, the scheme from offensive coordinators to kind of neutralize him at the line of scrimmage and see, if he still has the same level of success. Um, Cause if he does, if he keeps that same level of success without Kayvon Thibodeau, this is someone I'm really excited about. Where would you project him position wise? I'd say five tech. Same thing as um, when I was talking about wooden, I think, okay. I think this is someone that's head on a tackle. Um, I, th- I think that's where he's best three, three, four defensive end. I know, that's a that's a tight projection. Um, I think he could play some four three defensive end. Honestly, I think he has that level of athleticism, but he'd play the you know the strong side. He's a big end, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think he's necessarily someone you want as a as a one or a three tech. I just don't think he like wouldn't. And maybe I'm falling in love with the the more athletic guys that are considered interior, but could play along you know along across the defensive line. Um, but I just had such a good time watching him and and seeing him in the backfield with Kayvon Thibodeau with consistency was a lot of fun to watch for me. No BS. I was trying to get to one more guy, and it was Brandon Dorless that I was going to get to, and I didn't, didn't get to him, man. Didn't get Rip. to him. Dang. Only I'm excited to hear old. your thoughts. I'm excited to hear your thoughts. He's going to be a fourth-year senior. He's only 21 years old, Joe. Nice. That's pretty – so did he come in at 17? That's pretty crazy. He's that young. I don't know, man. I guess. Um, Alex, that was your number three or that was your number? That was your number, number three. three. That was my number uh-huh. three. 
because I, okay. well, I, I didn't watch Benton, so I knew there was an extra guy. I feel like our top twos are all the same. All yeah. right, Joe, let's, let's hear number, number three, man. Let's my number three, the biggest boy on the board, Siaki. For some reason, Ryan is a hater and hates Siaki. I, I got it then. I got the top five right. Yeah, you did. I and got, I got yours yes, right too, you bozo. Shut up. It doesn't Siaki, matter. Siaki, the biggest boy out there. I believe he's listed. Was it 360 that this grown man is built? Is listed at? Ryan's a hater, but I see a man that's not a big, fat, sloppy mess. This is a guy who's got the similar build well, to Vita I never Day called, not the same. I never called him a big, fat, sloppy mess. I never did Similar that. build to Vita Vea, not the same prospect. I'm not saying he's a top 20 pick, but similar build where he, he is so big, he takes up a whole gap. He is that wide, and I think he carries his weight really well. He has really good play strength, but the reason why I'm high on him is that he moves way better than you'd expect him to move for a guy that is listed at 360 pounds. I'm assuming that come draft time, come time for the combine, he'll probably drop a little bit of weight as these big guys tend to do. I'm sure he'll run well in the 40. He's going to test well on the bench. This is just another one of those big, massive dudes like Danny Shelton, like CI, or, uh, like Vita Vea, and we had this whole conversation on the show, Ryan, that yep. he's going to move well for his size. I know that you think that he doesn't provide any value as a pass rusher. I argue that he is more of a motor than Keanu Benton does. If Keanu Benton shows me more motor, I'll switch him. But right now, I think that there is some potential here with Siaki Ika based on how freaking massive he is. Can't get the Texas State game out of my head, man. Just can't get it out. <laughs> Did you ask uh, uh, Hergel about blocking him? Oh, yeah. What did oh, he yeah. say? Um, that's off the record, man. Off the record? You were interviewed him. <laughs> well, no, no. I didn't ask him during the interview. That's a, oh. that's a side conversation after, oh. after the interview. You know what Did I mean? he say off the record? Yes, he did. I'll tell you after the thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ryan, t- 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 tell Joe he's dumb. Can you do it real quick? Ryan, who are you taking? Ika? Oh, here we go. Or Tyler Shelvin from a couple years ago? <laughs> They're like the same guy, um, man. Exactly. <laughs> like the same exactly guy. my point. That was my comp. I was that's where I was coming. I was just seeing No, him. don't do this to Tyler me. Tyler Shelvin. I like Tyler Shelvin, but and Tyler Shelvin got drafted where he should have got drafted. He was a day three player, and I'm sure he'll be a solid. Uh, Tyler Shelvin is 6'3, 246. Those are those are not the same. Those are not right? the same player. You 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 admitted Eek is going to drop weight, just like Tyler Shelvin did right before the combine. God damn it! He's like he ten pounds it. lighter. It was part of your. Short. It was part of your. It was part of your spill. He's going to drop right, weight. That's, that's a good. That's a good point. I don't. I don't have much <laughs> of a leg to stand on. I, I, Joe, I, I'm going to cut him a little bit of slack because last year was his okay. first year as a starter. I'm going to see what he does in his second year. I just saw a couple games, remember, I was just like, hey, he, doesn't, he didn't make an impact to me. Like, not even just – I don't know. Like, that Texas State game was one. And I know it was the first game of the season, so, like, I'm not trying to harp on one game. And they're playing Texas State, man. Maybe he was a little well, hungover. Kind of the point. That was kind <laughs> of the point. But even though he did go against Kyle yeah. Hergel, who I just interviewed for the show, who has a draftable grade as a guard, and I thought Hergel handled it, man. Like he handled him. It's weird. Weird. How big's Hergel? Weird. Uh six two three hundred. He's not nearly as oh, big as that's Siaki depressing. Is, is Hergel mad at me for not responding to him to set up a time? I still feel I bad. Did. 
I don't know, man. I was like, I oh, if you talk to, I was like, have you talked to Jody Leone? And he said, never heard of him or something. So, oh, uh, wow. <laughs> I, felt, I felt bad. He sent me like a couple times, and like they were just really weird times, and I like they were like really early. One of them was really late. I'm just Joe's, like trying to. Joe's, Joe's big time, man. He's a big time I am, guy. I, I am big time. You I might fit be his schedule. I might be bigger time, but I'm not going to uh, say anything about oh. that. Um, Ooh, there's teaser. a development. Teaser. There's a development in that. I'll tell you about that after Ryan. Um, nice. Thought, all right. Ra- final thoughts on Siaki Ika before we talk about the two big dogs. I like him for his role. I just don't think that the role is that valuable. I that's that's all it is for me. Right, you're wrong. I liked him. I thought he was solid. Yeah. I, I was I was kind of being disrespectful with the Tyler Shelvin remark, but I, I think don't he's dislike better than Tyler him. Shelvin. I don't dis- I don't sure, maybe 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 I mean you're not you might not be wrong but like we're at we're at, we're arguing non-valuable nose tackle only to non-valuable nose tackle only like that's what we're doing right now that's what we're doing all right fine fine all right, all right. we're moving all right, on let's to move the on top. let's move on top number two, two Brian Brzee across no, the board number two, number two Jalen Carter um so I really like all right I'm just I'm done go ahead <laughs> terrible bit <laughs> Brian Brzee across the board number two uh I, for me, and I think we're going to have a consensus here, is a, a, a physically domineering player. Like he, he brings this this presence with his strength, and he has very deceptive movement skills. I think he's really, really freaking flexible. I had <laughs> my way of determining that he was flexible was really quick. I was watching. It was one of the early games of the season because he went down with the injury. And not a lot of defensive tackles do this, but when he was in his stance, he, instead of like putting his knees on the ground, he like sunk his butt while he was like looking up and listening to the linebackers. And not a lot of defensive tackles can just like sit in their stance like that without putting their knees on the ground. So he's got flexibility. He He's really explosive. He's really powerful. And then the big thing for me is that Clemson was willing to move him all over the place. He played a zero. He played all the way out to a seven. He's not going to play zero at the next level. But to know that you can plop plop him in all these different positions, I think speaks to his value. Main concern is the injury stuff. And I, I think as long as he finishes with like a 90% healthy game rate, if that's a thing, I just invented a new uh, statistic. See how easy it is, PFF? Eat shit. Um, as long as he plays like 90% of his games, I think I think he deserves to stay at this two spot. I compared him to Ndama Kinsu the other day, the highlight, the highest of Brian Brissy. Brian Brissy needs to stay healthy. He puts a healthy season together and he hits his peak. Then he can challenge Jalen Carter. For now, he is a projection, but he's a really, really talented projection who I think could be a top 10 pick when it's all said and done. Yeah, we just yet to see him healthy. And, and I feel like if we get that, more people are going to be talking about you know him as that top 10 pick. Because I think talent-wise – uh, he checks all the boxes as far as mm-hmm. athleticism, everything you want from a uh, physical traits perspective. We just want to see him play more. And if you see him play more, he's going to put up numbers, and then he's going to then be a top 10, 15 pick as long as the medicals check out. So I think there's a tier break here between these top two guys and everything else right now, just as far as these guys are built for the NFL. Um, they're not working to get built for the NFL. It's just yeah. a matter of can he stay healthy? And where does he go? Because uh, I, th- I, th- I think he could be a superstar. <laughs> Brissy is still 20 years old, Joe. Does not turn 21 until October. Let me let me just throw this out there, though. 
Brian, I think you might be able to speak to this the most accurately of the three of us. Say he plays 50% of the games, 60% of the games. How much do you think that impacts his draft stock? Because he's already has I mean, the injury history, and then he comes into this year not fully healthy. What do you think it does to him? It affects it. I mean, it does. It's it's one of those things where the greatest ability is always still availability. So, I mean, he has to show that he can play football, and mm-hmm. really depends on why he's missing games, you know? Like, I mean, he had the – what was it, the ACL last year, right? Mm-hmm. Like, wasn't that what he had? Yeah, which, I mean, can be a recurring thing. We'll see what happens as far as, you know, the overcompensation and all, you know, the continuing to re-injure, all that type of stuff. But it's really dependent upon what are the specific reasons that he misses games this year, you know, that that type of stuff. But it's going to hurt it. I mean, that could be the difference between going top 20 and going second round. Like, it really could. I mean, we'll see what the determiner is. Top 10. I mean, he might have top five talents as far as just like raw athleticism and size and power. And I mean, we talk about Keanu Benton, Joe, like Keanu Benton is strong because he's been building it up for four years. Brian Bercy is just a freak show that has had this strength. He's strong since so, freshman year of high school. For real, though. Yeah, he's um, he could be a special football player, man. He really could be. I posted his high school highlights on our or short form vertical channels. And if anyone wants to go check that out, it's on the hack city YouTube, him just beating the crap out of these poor kids in like a, in like a summer scrimmage is the funniest thing. It's funnier than the Paris Johnson clips because he's just not having it with any of these kids. He's just throwing them into the ground. One of the funniest things that you could probably go watch. He's also been the same size for like 20 years, man. Yes. Like this guy came out of his mom, like just looking like that. It's crazy. Grown man <laughs> size. All right. Jalen Carter, the consensus number one. Still weird that he wears 88, but we, we talked about him extensively and he just checks every box. Like he does everything well. Statistically does not really show that presence, but the effect that he has on opposing offensive lines is the most disruptive player out of the class. Like I don't, I can't remember the last guy, last defensive tackle that I've watched that has been this disruptive. He's immovable on double teams. And that's like crazy to see because it's not like he is some massive hulking nose tackle. He's twitchy. He is explosive. His play recognition uh, pops on tape. And then I, I made this note on the show has the, nastiest swim move that I've seen these stupid fat guards that just lunge at him <laughs> and he knows how to he, he Jalen Carter is what? really freaking smart because what? he just why knows they, how to use their momentum against him and he just gets through so easily why do they have to be stupid and fat be, go watch him when he does these swimmers. <laughs> just, it's like oh here's another stupid fat blubbery guard that's gonna lunge at him and then he and Jalen Carter sees it every time. Like he, he's like looking into the future. He sees it every freaking time that he just goes whoop, lets him dive, like you know, lunge in front of him, and he's he's in the backfield. It, it's such an impactful player. I hate talking up Georgia guys too much when Alex is on the podcast, <laughs> but Alex, I uh, I gave him a pretty lofty comp. I don't know if you heard this the other day. I haven't. I, I compared him to Warren Sapp. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, My just what, again, not predicting he's going to be a Hall of Famer, double digit sack guy every year, but like from the physical profile, Warren Sapp was like 6'2, 3'10. Jalen Carter's like 6'3, 3'10. A little bit of a 
stockier type of like bowling ball type of frame, right? But he's just mm-hmm. so explosive, like rare explosiveness and change of direction for that size. He's he's worth all the hype, man. I think that you're at the end of the day, I think Will Anderson is the top player that I've scouted so far in this process, but I think Jalen Carter may be a close second when it's all said and done. Yeah, I mean so as y'all as y'all know, I'm a Georgia guy, and I try not to be biased, and I feel like I'm lower on some guys than <laughs> the consensus at Georgia. Like I'm I don't carry too much bias, but by being a Georgia fan and watching all their games live, I tend to be earlier when it comes to Georgia guys, as far as like this is a guy you need to look out for. So I'm just gonna highlight a couple tweets I made from January 1st of 2021. Don't know who I was watching at the time, but said uh Watching some Georgia defensive tape today, and man, Jalen Carter Jalen Carter is only a true freshman. I might go on record to be the first one to declare that he'll be a top 10 pick in two years. He's that oh. good. Followed by, we may look back to this talented Georgia defense 10 years from now and confidently say that Jalen Carter is the best player on the team, and I wouldn't be surprised. We that was after your tapes and find out if you were the first person to have that take because you might yeah. be. It's it's better than your uh than your Brock Bowers take this year, so that's good. What? What Brock Bowers is the best? That, that he's, that he's I the mean best him and Michael ever or something. I've never said that. <laughs> <laughs> I never said that. Him and Michael Mayer are in a tier of their own though, as a uh, as far as tight ends go. But back to uh, our boy Jalen Carter. He is he is different. I mean, athletically, he he's quick wit as I almost call it quick wit when it comes to his pass rush because it's almost like he he's not someone that's just athletically better. I mean, he is athletically better than his opponents, but it's almost like he doesn't come with a plan. He's going to react to what the offensive lineman gives him, and that's why he's so effective as a pass rusher. And Joe, that's what you you, you kind of mentioned. It's he he adjusts to whatever the guards do. And if they lunge at him, he's going to hit him with a quick swim move to get, keep his hands off of him. Exactly. So, I mean, I think, I think this guy is just not only physically, but mentally just quicker and faster, more, more athletic than anybody that he goes up against. And I think that, I think this guy's a top five player in this class unquestioned. He was the best Georgia defensive lineman last year on three on a defensive line that had three first round picks last year, including the number one overall pick. Yes, include well, much better player than the number one overall pick last year, but (laughs) right, (laughs) different conversation. But I mean, yeah, Devontae Wyatt, uh, 28th overall. Yep, yep. When did uh, when did Jordan Davis go? Was it like like 13, 13, 13, 13, I think 13 or 14, one of those. Yep, people call, talk about pick. Nolan Smith on the defensive line. Trayvon Walker was obviously number one. I mean, this guy's the best player on that defensive mm. line. He, he's the best okay. player on that defense. Good okay. argument, sir. Yep. All right, great answer to wrap us up on. At Joe DeLeon, at Alex Gilstrap, whatever Ryan's handle is, at Rise and Draft, at NFL Prospects Pod, Hack City on YouTube, or wherever you find us on social. Just subscribe wherever you might do. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.